This is a podcast from WSUM. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. It's been out for almost a week and a half now. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Today on Pop Culture Coffee Break, we're talking about Barbie. On the board today is me. I'm Camilla Trimberger-Ruiz, station manager here at WSUM and host of Pop Culture Coffee Break. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. I'm joined today by my co-host, Sarah Kirsch, talk director. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. I'm also joined by WSUM traffic director and sports journalist, Chrissy. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> also joined with us is returning guest, he won a WSUM DJ. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. And the final <laughs> guest we have for our panel today is WSUM's news director, Lexi. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, we all just saw the Barbie movie together in theaters last Ooh. night. We dressed up in pink. It was awesome. Yes. We ran into some friends of the show going to see Oppenheimer. They were not dressed up, though. And from what I heard, we had a way better time than they did. Cause we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because, I mean, what would you rather watch a movie about? Friendship That's and so love true. or the threat of nuclear destruction? Both. Yeah, well, like, everyone yeah, was like, both. which one are you going to see first, Barbie or Oppenheimer? And I was like, I'm not. I don't care about Oppenheimer <laughs> at all, to be honest. I'm just seeing yeah. Barbie. I'm just going to echo what Lexi said. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I watched Oppenheimer right when it came out because I knew that we were going to see Barbie a little bit later. And I was like, oh, you know, I might as well just like go by myself and like, you know, feel all the feelings of like death and destruction by myself, you know, just to like really lean into That's it. It's really healthy. So valid. And, yeah. <laughs> it was a great time. But I feel like the criticisms of like the par- of like the pay patriarchy and like the white male narrative that we see in mainstream stories like that's like I feel like you kind of get that a little bit more after watching Barbie and I was like I was already aware of this but I feel like Barbie kind of critiques what Oppenheimer is about like the glorification of like I heard that that like I don't remember I it was either that way or it was reversed that you would understand one of the movies better if you saw the other one okay Mm -hmm. and I think it was if you saw Barbie you would understand Oppenheimer better which is, like, yeah. so weird to me. Like it makes patriarchy. sense, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that brings us to initial thoughts. We're kind of getting in there. But, yeah, we saw it together. Um, how was the theater experience for you guys? I think I haven't seen a movie theater that packed, like, since I saw, yeah. like, The Hunger Games when I was, like, in middle school. On, like, mm-hmm. a Tuesday night, too. Yeah. yeah. No, it was crazy. I enjoyed it. We were we had good seats right in the back, right by a speaker. And I knew this movie was going to be good already because Ben Shapiro was so vehemently against yep. it. But during our theater experience, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was one guy yeah. that like stood up multiple times and was speaking loudly to whoever he was with. Did anyone hear what he was saying? No. Not at all. See, because we were right under the speaker, so I couldn't hear, but I could I'm so hear rosy. a male voice that was annoyed. I Why are you, as a man, speaking during the Barbie movie? No, literally. Yeah. Like, it's like so you're true. 10. Sit down. Sit down. I was just glad that you guys put me in the corner. So when, like, Sarah was looking over and seeing, like, the tears (laughs) streaming, I did not expect to cry as much as I did during the Barbie movie. And I think there was a lot of, like, outside factors that caused this emotional wreck that I was during it. But, like, Sarah would look over and I'd be, like, having my shirt (laughs) up to, like, my eyes and be, like, wiping my tears, trying not to sniffle and, like, ruin the vibe. It was, like, I did not expect to cry as much as I did. 
No, I, okay, I didn't have any tears go down my face, but I did, like, my, like, tears, like, I, like, welled up, like, multiple times. I want to say at least, like, four, maybe five. Not even at, like, the emotional high points, but, like, when the movie started and they were, like, showing, like, how Barbie was, like, such a feminist thing, like, women can do anything, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, like, start crying right now. Like, we're five like minutes we're, in. We're so, it's the beginning. It was so beautiful. I this I think this movie like changed my life. I had so many uh, like lovely dreams last night about oh. friendship and women. And uh, wow. See, Christy's going to cry again. No. <laughs> <laughs> women. Greta Gerwig, you mastermind. Yeah. Like, okay. I was thinking about this last night. But when they have the sequence of, like, the in the beginning, when the Barbies are, like, receiving awards and stuff, the Barbies don't say thank you. They say, thank, you know, they say, like, I deserve this. I worked really hard for this. Yeah. Which was, like, a really small detail that I noticed. And I was like, wait, like, Greta Gerwig, like, she got this right. Like, I feel like as women, whenever we accomplish anything, like, we kind of have to play it down and be like, oh, no, like, I don't know how I got this. Like, I don't know how I got here. And you have to, like, kind of play dumb or like play down your accomplishments but like in barbie land the barbies are like yeah i worked my butt off for this i deserve this no i loved that it mm-hmm. was really cute and then also like i was gonna bring up like also the point where it was like the the pol- like one of the politician barbies where she was like yeah i use my emotions and logic and i think that like yeah. expands my worldview and i was like oh. mm-hmm. i thought it was cute and, uh, any other initial thoughts or overall thoughts about the film before we get more into the specifics so obviously the movie like there was like a lot of like build up they were releasing the soundtrack like one track at a time i think in addition to like all the marketing as well this i heard a lot of critiques when we had the album before the movie was dropped that there was like no cohesion no nothing but i think it worked it really well it flowed very nicely when you watch the movie we were just listening to it in the car on the way there but i thought it was very cohesive I feel like without context, I could see where the confusion is because there's so many different genres. But when you watch it in the movie, it makes sense. No, exactly. I like. I knew that I was gonna really enjoy like that like Charlie XCX song because that has been so like on un- like my top. Good. Like I've been like it's been one of my top tracks over like the past like month. Also like. As I was listening to the soundtrack more, I was like, okay, I can kind of see, like, what's maybe going to happen in the movie based on, like, how these are ordered on the album. And, like, mm-hmm. the Lizzo song was, like, one of the first ones, and that was very, like, narr- narrative. Narrative. Yeah. Like, it went along with the storyline. Yeah. I thought the funniest part, and I might sound really silly for this, but I thought the funniest part was how they gave Man I Am to Sam Smith. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, get that <laughs> cash, but also... Minor concern. I was totally not expecting Tame Impala to be on there. Like yeah. I didn't, I did not see the soundtrack before we went into the theater. So like all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, this is Tame Impala. Why is Tame Impala in the Barbie movie? But it like worked. It worked. No, it worked really well. There was also like Billie Eilish. Okay, I can't remember where the Pink Panther song was. In I don't the think it was. It, it's it like was the Irish Nikki. jig. No, no, oh. wait. Because Ice Spice and Nikki did like the Aqua like sampled yeah. song, and then Pink Panthers did like the Irish jig. I don't think it was song. in the movie. Was it? Maybe I don't. Know. I can't remember. I, like it was. I can't remember like all the Not other all ones. Not all of them were. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Which is so annoying because I love the little Irish jig. Like I yeah, want to do a river so dance. Cute. Like that song is so adorable. So true. What was everyone's favorite song? I gotta say, "Speed Drive" by Charlie XCX. Uh, Pink Panthers, Angel. 
I'll go with the Dua Lipa song just because oh, it was like very like I don't know Dua Lipa like she just makes songs that are just like they're popular but they're like they got good beats. True. Okay, this is a little silly, but but I like the one that it's like it's like oh you can be a lover or a fighter or like I have a tiger. I don't know. Like that song's fun. I don't know what it's called. Wait, which one? It's like is it choose your fighter? Oh yeah, it's that one. I'm just going off of wait. Gail was in this. Yeah. A B C D E F U. Yeah. Wait. Wait. I didn't know that. I just have to say, like, my favorite song I'd have to probably say is the Nikki Barbie World, just because it was so fun. Um, and the Charlie XCX were my favorite. But I was just thinking about this. Dance the Night sounds so similar to oh my gosh, what song what song is it? Her one popular. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, like, the same beat, and I thought that was cute. No, I really liked it. Also, I feel like a lot of the needle drops were, like, really short in the movie, too, which is maybe why we don't even remember hearing all of them. Like, we heard the, like, well, the Charlie XCX one. are just one. short in general, too. I think, True. like, I'm looking at them right now. They're, like, one to two minutes, some of them. Yeah. Well, because, like, the Charlie XCX one, like, it started, and I was like, yes, like, it's going to be, like, a chase. It's going to be, like, the whole song. And it yes. was, like, 30 seconds, yeah. and I was like, oh, Maybe even less than that, because immediately she started, like, talking after running, but... In your opinion, everyone, what's the worst song on the album? I'm just Ken. Okay, I agree, (laughs) so I'm glad that you said that. (laughs) I was just listening to the NPR review of this this morning, and their biggest critique for the movie, which I guess we can get into our critiques later, but they weren't really big fans of the, like, the 10-minute, like, Ken sequence during the yeah. height of the film yeah i did really enjoy that when all the kens kept on covering that matchbox 20 song <laughs> push that was so, was so good. like i guffawed like openly in the theater and i think many other people we were, did. We were chuckling in the back there <laughs> the back row we were <laughs> it was just funny because they they were describing it as like i feel like the most like masculine song you could think of and that was just not what i was thinking when they put that on yeah, so actually that brings me to another question. Like, what was everyone's like favorite like bit or gag? Because this movie was like super funny. I think for me, right off the bat, the Pride and Prejudice yeah. that bit was the yes. funniest. I was in my seat chuckling. <laughs> I think it was just like a good bit because it was right after like a very kind of like high emotional moment. And then it was like depression Barbie. And then it just kept going and going. And I was like, this is making me feel so much better about this scene i wish i had like written down everything that i thought was funny now but off the top of my head the um when the kens take over and they're showing like all the different kens being annoying and like the one is like mansplaining music to, to one of the yes. barbies like that's yes. so good okay because i was that was like the one part where i laughed so loud and no one else laughed out loud but then yeah when the cane was not, not the cane when the ken was mansplaining stephen malkmus and pavement <laughs> i think as a wsum music dj i was like like there were like maybe there were one there was one instance of tears being on my face and it was when they were talking about pavement and like i don't know i really loved how they handled like the ken masculinity thing because they weren't like all super jockey with it they were kind of like soft boy like yeah like simp core mm-hmm. like simp core like kind of leaning like incel like lover boy which i think I, is a, a trope that 
as we are members of a college radio station, can be very familiar with a lot of these. The Ken montage ring true. Like maybe not to me, but I've heard stories of this happening yes. to all of my female no, friends. No one recognizes the men playing guitar to you, and it's like the cringiest song ever. And they're like staring into your eyes, and it sounds so bad. No one talks about that enough. It's like a canon event for all women. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adding on to that part with the Godfather, and then they were like, oh, yeah. the biggest thing is like, pretend, so they were like, great. girls, pretend you don't know how to play or look confused while you're playing a sport, and that'll just like get them to drop right away. That definitely resonated with me. Like being in sports, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can see myself in this. It was, it was a little bit like horrifyingly accurate, but I think that was the point. No. Yeah. Greta Gerwig really understands the female experience and uh, yeah I the amount of time like with the music scene like with Pavement and like Stephen Malcolmus I was like the amount of times that that's happened to me as a you know when I'm like oh yeah I work in radio and then any man will be like oh uh, do you know Death Cab for Cutie and I'm like oh this is where we're going mm-hmm. I think that um well okay I also really love like the BBC Pride and Prejudice bit because I because if you know me you know that I love Pride and Prejudice but I also thought like like Lexi said I feel like I should have written everything that I thought was funny down but one moment that comes to mind right now is like just before Barbie leaves to go to the real world and they have like the banner and it's like good luck in the real world so you don't get cellulite like yes. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny no, it was super cute. Like, this, yeah, so funny. And then also just, like, a lot of really good bits, like, with how they play. And I think the narrator started off explaining, like, oh, yeah, Barbie floats down because you don't walk Barbie down the stairs, which is a good observation. But there's also, like, bits, like, when um, Ken, like, Ryan Gosling's Ken was, like, surfing, but then he, like, crashed and he's, like, flying. Mm-hmm. He flies as, you know, as if you're, like, a kid, like, making him, like, like fly, it. Yeah. like, flip over in the air. So I think a lot of really good details. Um... But yeah, so going more in specifically, like we were talking about bits, but what about like the storyline specifically outside of like gags? Any thoughts on how it was handled? Because it was, did it go how you thought you, it was going to go? Because the movie did not, I try to stay away from like as many spoilers as possible. It didn't go how I thought, but I actually loved it a lot more because of that. I feel like they spent a lot more time in Barbie world than in the real world. And that was the only thing I didn't expect a lot. I thought it was going to be a lot more in the real world, like real world experiences. But then they went back to Barbie land and there was that whole thing with that bit. But the one bit in there that stood out, um, not even like a funny bit, but the serious one where I don't remember the name of the character off the top of my head, but she was explaining like the female experience and like the hypocrisy. The mom? Yeah, the mom who was like, you have to be too skinny, but you can't be too skinny. You can't complain about you being skinny. And it was, like, all of these things that are just so true. And I feel like that was just, like, a perfect line to just sum up, summarize, like, what was going on and just, like, summarize the female experience in general. Something that was, like, unex- unexpected for me seeing the movie was, like, how much they leaned into sort of, like, the experience of being a mother. I mean, again, like, since Greta Gerwig herself is a mother, like, I'm sure that she brought her experiences to the table. But, like, the whole um, sort of arc that Barbie has with, like, Ruth, the creator of Barbie, and again with, like, America Ferraria? I don't know if that's how you say it. I think Ferrera. Okay, Ferrera's character and, like, her daughter. Like, that... Like and then like the, the sort of like sequence in the end when they have like the montage of like girls or like women growing up like I wasn't really expecting it to be like a coming of age story or like a story about motherhood or like daughterhood necessarily so that was something that like I did not expect at all. 
No, exactly. And I think in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense because her past two films, you know, Lady Bird and Little Women are Mm -hmm. also about just like motherhood and daughterhood. Mommy issues. Mommy issues, (laughs) Greta Gerwig. Like there's a reason that I've, you know, welled up during every movie of hers. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I thought it was really interesting, like the way that they tackled, I think kind of a lot. Um, But yeah, like Chrissy, like you were saying, I also like I was expecting the movie to kind of be like from what I saw in the trailers I was like okay the plot is going to be like she's going to go into like the real world and maybe realize that she's like a toy kind of like a toy story thing the hole in the real world I was so glad that the majority of the movie was spent in Barbie land and that kind of I assumed that like the villain was going to be Mattel um which and maybe when I we go into critiques I'll talk about that more but I did like that Ken was kind of like the villain but he wasn't yeah. even like you know evil at the end of the day it was it, it kind of plays into his own arc of like not having his own identity which is not exclusive to like men yeah. but I think there was a lot of stuff about like self sense of self and feminism that's one of the parts that I liked the most that like not shocked me but that was like a happy surprise was like you know obviously I had been avoiding TikTok and like avoiding social media before I watched this movie but then I'd seen one tweet about like how Bart or how Ken just exists like Ken's only happy when Barbie smiles at him or like that whole bit I was very happily surprised when at the end she was like no Ben you need to figure out how to like just be Ken and to like be happy being just Ken I really I think that was a cute little moment I was Mm -hmm. happy with it I also I liked how I think it was more self-aware than I was expecting it to be I think it's easy for um things with that kind of theme to be like kind of like okay like kind of cringy in a way but it, it wasn't like I, I think it, it knew what it was doing and I think it was very smart writing in a lot of ways I was just thinking how they literally called themselves out in the one yeah. scene where Margot Robbie's crying about like mm-hmm. feeling like like she was just not confident in herself and they were like note to self do not cast Margot Robbie if you are planning to put this in the movie mm-hmm. no I thought that was funny yeah it was very like self-aware and it did a I assumed that there was going to be, like, at least some angle of just, like, girl boss feminism, but I think it was a lot more nuanced yeah. than that. So I, I was very happily surprised. Um, and also, like, with the diversity of the Barbies and everything. So I think, of course, like, okay, this kind of leads into my biggest critique, if not my only critique. But because this movie was, like, you know, handling topics of, like, capitalism and how women are expected to perform and all that type of stuff, my only critique of the movie is that so they did do some light jabbing at Mattel, but I feel like that was the only place that the film was too afraid to go too hard at, which I kind of understand why, but, like, there was, like, I don't know. I was surprised that they even did that light jabbing because Mattel was, like, had to, was, like, had a part of the movie. I don't know, because Mattel owns Barbie and they had to get those rights, so I was surprised that they even, like, you know, we're, went that far I with feel it. Like it did a nice job by having all of the Mattel workers. Yeah, I was be surprised mad. they did that. I was surprised Mattel didn't tell them like, no, you can't represent us in that way or whatever, because Mattel was like somehow part of the movie. Yeah, exactly. And I think the only other joke that they really had where it was like, oh, company bad or company unethical was like at the end where America Ferrera's character d- did she have a name in the movie other than just like mom? By the way, I <laughs> we keep on saying sure my knowledge. Does. Well, um, when she's like, oh, let's just have a normal Barbie, like a mom Barbie. And they're like, no. And then they're like, oh, that'll sell. And they're like, oh, yes. <laughs> but I was like, I mean, it was funny, but it's like there's so many more opportunities, I think, yeah. to go in and stuff. Oh, this is random. But I just remembered um, my like 
my actual like favorite part or like favorite comedic part of the movie it's when the dad is doing duolingo yes. and then like the mom and the daughter are like oh like what about dad and the mom's like oh he'll be fine he's just like on the couch doing duolingo i no, just remembered that moment that i like i i guffawed <laughs> i guffawed <laughs> i was sitting next to lexi and i was like Wait. us on our duolingo yes french uh, challenge um does anyone else have any other critiques of the movie I feel like it was hard for me to, like, stay connected to the storyline at all points. Like, obviously, I get the point and stuff, love the point, and I think it's really an important point, but it was hard for me to stay connected with that storyline because there was no clear villain besides, like, the Kens, if you say so. Like, they didn't go deep into the Mattel, like, evil arc, that kind of thing, so to say. They touched base with Ken and quickly resolved it, and I was like, okay... Where's the plot? Like, kind of, but, like, I get it. Yeah. No, I won. Like, I was thinking that, too. Like, I was like, I guess, like, because I wouldn't categorize Ken as a villain, but I wonder if that is just a side effect of, like, maybe, like, Marvel movies where it's, like, big, evil, like, you know, heroes versus villains fight at the end, like, boss battle, where it's, like, am I just expecting every movie to have this now? So I think I'm, I'm leaning towards liking it still, but, no, it was, like, weird, like, in the moment where I was, like, when is the plot happening yeah i also you know coming from a very like gender non-conforming standpoint i think there could have been very more like not butch barbie representation but just like not really cishet barbie representation which obviously speaks to the time that they're in which is like a whole nother conversation but i think in terms of like seeing yourself represented on screen i didn't see much of that for me personally yeah, like, I definitely agree with the viewpoint that, like, this Barbie movie was, was like, mainly from the viewpoint of, like, a white cishet woman. Um, and, and, like, there was, like, a line, like, a throwaway line in the movie where the daughter's like, yeah, white savior Barbie, which was kind of added in there for comedic effect, I felt. And I feel like this movie's very ambitious in, like, trying to cater to, like women in general but there's no one way to be a woman and there's like so much so many other like identities that play into your experience of being a woman and then like again like it's hard to you know have like an intersectional feminist movie especially when it's like a big budget like uh like when it's like a movie that's like surrounding barbie you know like you can't have a lot of like controversy or nuance i feel when it comes to when it comes to like, like you're trying like, to stuff apply like to a mass audience yeah and that kind of limits yeah. how you go about it yeah yeah no I agree because I think like I don't know like when I was a kid like I, I had a ton of Barbies you know pre-2008 financial crisis <laughs> um but I remember you know I only had like three that were like brunette and that so and I we were talking about this during our icebreaker before we started really like getting into it that um my favorite Barbie was, like, the one that's, like, from the telenovela because that's, like, the only, like, Mexican Barbie I had. And she was, like, normal. Like, it wasn't, like, a cultural thing either. But I don't know. Um, yeah, like, in the past, like, not super inclusive. But I, I think the movie did, like, a at least, like, showcasing, like, from a visual standpoint that was okay. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it falls short in some areas. And I know NPR had a similar critique where they mentioned that, I forget the name of the actress specifically, but she um, is plus size. And, like, Barbie is more inclusive now, and they do have curvy Barbies, but they do not have any, like, actual, like, plus size Barbies that share her body shape. It was nice to showcase her as a Barbie, but it's still, like, this is something where it's, like, okay, we're making the company look better than it actually is. Yeah. Like, I noticed that, too, like, because they featured, like, all these diverse Barbies. Like, they had someone in a wheelchair. They had someone who had, like, a plus size 
plus size body type in the dance sequence, but they're not featured in the background for the rest of the movie. And like the other sort of background Barbies that we do see as recurring characters are like very thin, you know, very like stereotypically pretty. And like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like like they definitely tried or like they definitely like made an attempt to you know, to, to show, like, diversity. But I feel like there were some areas that they could have done better in, for sure. Exactly. So if we don't have any other critiques, what if we give it, uh, we explain, like, our ratings? I know some of us are on Letterbox the second yes. those credits started rolling. <laughs> Literally, in the drive back, I was like, Letterbox, pull her up, pull yes. her up. All right, Lexi, we'll go in reverse order. Lexi, we'll start off with you. What was your rating out of five? I give it a five. And my review was, in all caps, this is the best day of my life. Exclamation yes. point, exclamation <laughs> point, exclamation point. Um, I also gave it a five. And then my review was, I'm just glad Ken didn't discover Reddit. True. <laughs> that would have been, they need a whole nother movie about that, actually. Oh, God. I'll give it a four and a half, just looking at those, like, critiques and stuff. That, like, it almost could have been two movies. Like, mm. a Barbie versus Mattel, and then a Barbie versus, like, the Kens. But I feel like everything else, like, was really good. And it, like really resonated with me just not from like that barbie doll or like play experience but like just being a woman in general so i'll give it like a four and a half yeah i so i gave it a four and a half initially on letterbox i think going back to it i would probably give it honestly like a four or a four and a half again um just because of those critiques and then also just because like in the realm of what i go to see it in a movie theater again love and peace i wouldn't but i would see it on streaming services gladly yeah, I gave it a five. My review on Letterboxd was that this, like, healed all the bruh girl damage I experienced <laughs> so during the movie. And I did talk to you guys about this after the theater where I was like, oh, I didn't realize. Like, I was watching the movie and I was like, why? Like, since, like, high school, like, my friend groups have been, like, always very, like, at least 50-50 um in terms of like you know gender diversity and i'm like well now i just need to like hang out with like more women i feel like like so what, who am i to like as like as and this is me saying like as a woman i think the only times i have had like very like in like the majority of any friendship drama i've ever had i have ever had has been like because of a man like so you know what i mean we need to have more group outings with this group chat i'm hearing <laughs> so we have to make more things come out of the group chat yeah i'm excited and uh, yeah well, I guess that's all we have today for Barbie. Should we say bye, Barbie? Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Barbie. Alrighty, thank you so much for tuning in to Pop Culture Coffee Break. Uh, we will see you in two weeks. In two weeks. Looking for more from WSUM? If you're craving some cutting-edge music, our online stream, WSUM Freeflow, is the place to go. This internet-based platform delivers the best in hyperpop, rap, punk, hip-hop, and metal. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and is home to some of our most spontaneous programming. That's WSUM Free Flow, available via WSUM.org.